0: Thank you for joining us, and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias, and with me today and every podcasting day is Kyla.
1: Hello.
0: We have reached the fantasy football playoffs throughout the land. There does happen to be one more week of the regular season in this podcast league, followed by two weeks of the playoffs, but unfortunately, after Kyla and I faced off in one of the grossest fantasy games ever this past week, Kyla will not be joining the playoff party.
1: (laughs) No. I will not.
0: So, start us off with your take of how Week 13 went for your team, Finkel is Einhorn.
1: I actually set a Guinness World Record, I think, last week for the lowest points scored ever in fantasy history. There's no way that anybody has ever scored this low. I, I am confident. I scored a disgraceful <laughs> total of 38.12 points. That was the total. Oh, man. I have never seen anything like it. Dalvin Cook was the only person on my team to reach double-digit points, in my starting lineup, that is. Uh, He had 11.9, and he didn't even play his whole game. I benched Tom Brady this week because he'd been sucking, as we all know. And of course, he ended up with three hundred twenty-six yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, which was thirty-two point three two points in our league. While Nick Foles, oh my, <laughs> yes, uh, Nick Folds, who I played, was benched in his game after he had only ninety-three yards and three turnovers, so he finished with negative one point nine eight for my team. If that wasn't bad enough, which it was, Tyler Lockett laid the most giant goose egg that I have ever seen. After I talked about him being Mr. Reliable, he's had a really bad few weeks. Then Aaron Jones solidified himself as someone I will never, ever draft again in my life because he is so volatile. (laughs) He finished with 31 yards. (laughs) Um, it's
0: just really bad timing, really yeah. bad timing from, from the whole team.
1: Yes. He, he had nothing except 31 scoreless yards. The running backs on my bench outscored both my starting running backs, which were Darius Geis, who finished with 129 yards and two touchdowns, and Benny Snell finished with a decent 63 yards and a touchdown. So, as Eli said, I'm now 6-7, and, and I have been eliminated from playoff contention. And that's that's how my season ended.
0: And then, and then that's how we went. No, it was just terrible timing. And I was, you know, I was keeping track of everything last Sunday, and it just, yeah, fools got taken out of the game. It just, mm-hmm. I guess, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out, you went out in a blaze of glory. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I was able to earn a hundred points. Obviously, I did not have a great week either um it was my worst offensive output since week seven lamar jackson was the star as always with 26.3 fantasy points in our league he rushed for 101 yards and a touchdown had the same amount of passing yards honestly there was only four yards of difference also through a td uh, tough game for the Ravens against the 49ers in the rain And that. I'm glad that he was able to put up those yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup got back in the mix in my receiver spot, finished with 15.5 points off of six receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown. My other two receivers, Mike Evans and Odell Beckham, finished with a combined seven catches for 82 yards. So that kind of sucked. I obviously was hoping <laughs> for more out of Mr. Beckham, but aren't we well, always hoping matter. for more out of... out of Beckham yeah exactly uh Tampa ran over Jacksonville and didn't need to throw as much while Odell continued to just be a overall disappointment Saquon Barkley earned 13 points rushed for 83 yards it was good to see him get back in there and be in a productive mode and uh three things here about being able to make the right start and sit choices Uh, For my team, I started Goddard over Fant. He got nine points. Fant got one. I started the Baltimore defense. They only got seven points, while the New Orleans defense got 16. Wow. And then I started Odell in my flex, and Joe Mixon got 15 points, while Odell got (laughs) 4.4. So you win some, you lose some. I should have started New Orleans, apparently, but I did not. And, uh, yeah, moving on one more week in the regular season, yeah. 11 and two, I I'm feeling good, but my team definitely needs some more consistency or else I'm going to be a quick yeah. out.
1: Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, at least you made it. So that's more than I can say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, while, while that's true, it's still, you know, I, I need a lot more consistency <laughs> And hopefully my team can, you know, I've got one more week for my team to figure that out. And then, and then it's all or nothing.
1: Yep. Uh, Moving on to the winners and losers from week 13. My winner of the week was Devante Parker, who has quietly been having a pretty good season. He's the wide receiver nine in receiving yards in the AFC, which is only 10 yards behind Keenan Allen. Since Miami's week six bye, he's gotten double digit fantasy points in six of eight games and this week, he finished their win against Philadelphia with seven receptions, 159 yards, and two touchdowns.
0: Nice, nice. I thought the Dolphins and Eagles game was super confusing. <laughs> why Why are the Eagles this bad?
1: I don't know, but I'm glad they are because that's got the Cowboys still in the playoff hunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> still in, yeah, exactly, still in the hunt, even after that last loss. Uh, yeah. My w- winner of the week is Drew Locke. The Broncos rookie QB and Missouri product went 18 for 28 for 134 yards, two TDs and a pick to win his debut start over the chargers. Got a little lucky with a nice interference call at the end of the game, which really put the Broncos in a field goal position to win that matchup. It was fun to watch the Broncos have a, a competent quarterback. Yeah, that was fun. You know, yeah. not Joe Flacco back there standing like a statue, Brandon Allen. He was a little more consistent, than Brandon Allen, even though Allen had a couple of good games, uh, Locke is really raw, but hopefully he continues to improve this week against Houston, and uh, he'll be wearing his Hall of Fame jacket in no time. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty confident about that. But anyway, good good start to his career. Happy for Drew Locke.
1: Yeah, he did have a good start, but I feel like all the Broncos fans are just like, this is like the second coming of Jesus Christ to the Broncos right now because they... Is,
0: is he not? Are you saying he's not the second coming? <laughs>
1: I feel like they said the same thing when Brandon Allen had his first start and then they ended up benching yeah. him a couple of games later. So we'll see how it goes. Well,
0: you know, the Brandon Allen era was short-lived, but it was a good time. <laughs> it was fun. Um... It's just, it is exciting. Hopefully he can continue to produce. We'll find out. Uh, Houston will be a tough matchup for him tomorrow. So we'll find out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, My loser of the week, oddly enough, is Finkel is Einhorn, which is my own fantasy team. Uh
0: Uh-oh.
1: And, you know, I already stated all the reasons why my team is loser of the week, really. So I don't think anything else needs to be said here. Cause they suck. (laughs) They really let me down. Well,
0: my, I'll just go to my loser of the week. My loser of the week is the New York jets. Uh Uh, New York laid a serious egg last Sunday and gifted the Bengals their first win of the season. The offense only scored six points. The offensive line was terrible resulting in 20 incompletions for Sam Darnold. Le'Veon Bell had only 32 yards on the ground Against the Bengals. It was a disaster through and through. And even uh, you know, the Dolphins, they were supposed to be like the worst team in the history of ever. They've got a few wins now and they're pretty much the same team as the Jets. The Jets are right there. If they if they lose out, you know, if they perform like they did this past game, it you know, if it wasn't for the Bengals, they would be looking at a top two pick. It just, the Jets are an absolute disaster. And at some point you would think that people would stop hiring Adam Gase to be their head coach, (laughs) but it hasn't happened yet.
1: No, he'll probably be the Cowboys head coach next year.
0: Hey, you never know. Jason Garrett, (laughs) most likely on his way out. So I hope, I hope. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Well, and I, I noticed you on, uh, on Twitter during the Cowboys game uh the other day, you were very disappointed, obviously. So you do want Garrett gone?
1: I do, yes. I I wish that he was fired yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yesterday as in last season or the season before? Yes. Or just this season? No. Okay.
1: A couple of seasons ago would have been nice. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the entries of the week, this is Saturday afternoon, so these are pretty... Um, Set in stone for tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah. Damon Cook suffered a chest injury in Monday Night Football. He is practicing and was left off the final injury report. If you are a Cook owner and you are still in contention to win your league, which I'm not, uh, definitely stash Alexander Madison because you never know what's going to happen. Yes. You don't want to lose Cook and then don't have Madison. Um, Daniel Jones got hurt during the week with a high ankle sprain. He is out for week 14 and likely more. Look at uh, Eli Manning to make his triumphant return this week.
0: Yeah, Eli's back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Calvin Ridley has a toe injury. Um, There was no update after Wednesday, but he did practice that day and is likely to play. Gerald Everett has a wrist and knee injury. He has been ruled out for week 14. Tyler Higbee is a good option with Everett out. Last week he posted 107 yards and a touchdown. So if you need a tight end streamer, if you're desperate, grab Tyler Higbee.
0: All right, and there's another tight end, Greg Olson. He will be out this week with a concussion. Uh, The aforementioned Le'Veon Bell has an illness. He's listed as questionable. Coach Adam Gay says he's unsure if Bell will be available, so keep tabs on him before your playoff matchup tomorrow. Cam Newton will undergo surgery on his broken foot, will add months to his recovery timetable. Um, the next time we see Cam Newton playing, he may not be a Carolina Panther. We will yeah. find out about that in the in the months to come. Mm-hmm. John Ross, a clavicle injury, he was activated from IR, and then Bengals coach Zach Taylor says Ross will have a role. Yeah, it's really tough to say now, from a fantasy perspective, what he. Offers, mm-hmm. I did add him in our league. <laughs> I've got him on the bench just in case, you know, if he comes back and he's really good, maybe I can have Odell on the bench and that can help me come play off time. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, there's the Lions quarterback situation. Matthew Stafford will not play this week, possibly not the rest of the season with back fractures. He was replaced by Jeff Driscoll who now has a hamstring injury and was placed on IR ending his season. So David Blau is now the guy in Detroit. We talked about him (laughs) for our Thanksgiving pod last week. How we said, don't add David Blau. Well, he did okay, honestly. Uh, So you would would still need to be in a serious bind to put him on the team. But, uh, you know, he's the guy now.
1: Yep, he is the guy. Julio Jones has a shoulder injury. He missed the game on Thanksgiving, but he will play this week. Golden Tate uh, cleared the concussion concussion protocol, and he is slated to return Monday night. T.Y. Hilton is still out for week 14. He's very likely um, to miss another game. He says he doesn't know when or if he will return this season. Uh, somebody coming back this week, though, Austin Hooper with a sprained MCL has been out for three games, but he will return this week.
0: So for the Chiefs, Damian Williams, the RB, has a rib injury. He has been ruled out for Week 14. And then Daryl Williams, who was also in that backfield, was put on IR. Chiefs re-signed Spencer Ware. At this moment, it would be tough for us to recommend any of the Chiefs' RBs. LaShawn McCoy will play, but you know he's getting a little older, and now we're never sure how many snaps he's going to get per game. Mm-hmm. so hopefully they get that figured out and beat the living shit out of the Patriots, <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. That's what I'm maybe. hoping for. Anyway,
1: we'll talk more about that. Steelers in a RB.
0: Bit. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, Steelers RB. James Connor will miss another week with a shoulder injury. It's a third straight miss for him. Juju Smith Schuster. Also his teammate will be out with a knee injury. Back to the Colts, Marlon Mack will return this week. He has a, or had a broken hand, should receive his normal workload in his return. So they will have Mack. They will not have Hilton. Then Adam Thielen for the Vikings has a hamstring injury. Did not practice. He is officially listed as doubtful at this point. It would seem like you need to find another option Mm -hmm. for Thielen
1: yeah matt breeda is practicing in full this week he is expected to play which complicates san francisco's running back situation even further jordan howard has a shoulder injury he still has not been cleared for contact i would think he's probably going to miss again evan ingram with a foot injury it looked like he was going to play this week but he's now been ruled out for the week and then david Njoku, with a broken wrist he has finally been activated from the injured reserve he will play this week but possibly have a snap count after a long absence
0: yeah it's kind of tough to tell with the browns this whole situation and joku like oh he's gonna come back well maybe he's not yeah <laughs> maybe he's not gonna come back we'll just we'll just keep him over here so with some of these injuries and that at least in the last few weeks, if you did have Njoku and you're expecting him to come back, there are some other tight ends that were available in a lot of leagues to pick up to maybe fill in the slack. As I talk about all the time, my tight end situation is still not great. Picked up Miami's tight end, ma-makaseki Mike, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he does good things because I just have him and Noah Fant. I got rid of Goddard. So we'll see yeah tight end situation always always tough
1: yeah yeah it's always very thin at least the last few years moving on to our good right. and bad matchups for the week my first matchup that i really like this week is philip Lindsay at houston over the last three weeks Lindsay has firmly taken control of the broncos backfield he's outtouched royce freeman over the last three weeks, 18, 14, and 20 to 9, 4, and 9. This week, he's, yeah, that's wow. a lot. It's like, yeah, that's a lot. 52 to 22 or something. Um, this week, he's facing a Houston defense that is giving up the six most fantasy points to the running back position. Over the same three-week time span, the Texans have given up an average of 172 rushing yards a game. They've also given up an average of 54 receiving yards and six total touchdowns to the position over three weeks. Hopefully, with Drew Locke under center, the Broncos will have success running the ball as well. And I look for Lindsay to have a big game.
0: And all I can say about that is that I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope Philip Lindsay does have a good game because Drew Locke's going to need some help. He's going to need some help big time against Houston. Uh, yeah. My first good matchup is James Washington, the receiver for the Steelers. Pittsburgh is at Arizona this week. I decided to go at a little... Outside the box, maybe not one of the first choices that we may have for a, a good or bad matchup. Uh, with Smith-Schuster out now, though, w- Washington will will look to get a lot more catches. Mm-hmm. Has at least 90 yards receiving in three of the last four games. Last week against Cleveland, he went for 111 yards and a touchdown. The Cardinals have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They're 30th in fantasy points allowed to receivers this season. They just got torched last week by Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who had been struggling, obviously, with Jared Goff not playing well this season. then they pretty much just march into Arizona and just walk up and down the field through the air. So I think that is a good, you know, way to paint the picture of what it's like to be on the Cardinals defense at the moment. Yeah. They, they they definitely were the cure for the Rams' ills last week. Uh, with Juju out, Washington has a lot more upside. Hopefully, he can break out.
1: Yeah, I if if I still had stake in the game here, which I don't, I definitely would play any receiver that's playing Arizona.
0: <laughs> True. Right. Right. You still have. I mean, you got to finish your season the right way. You can't be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Oh, no, I still want to win this week
1: and the last week. I It doesn't <laughs> matter for my playoff <laughs> okay, homes, good. but I'm competitive. Enough. I definitely still want to win. Um, yeah. My next good matchup is Alshon Jeffrey versus the New York Giants. Jeffrey finally, finally looks to be healthy. He's coming off his best game of the season, where he finished with nine receptions on 16 targets, which is a lot of targets, for 137 yards and a touchdown. I think you can trust him this week against a Giants defense who has given up so many fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed eight 100-yard games, and a few others came pretty damn close, and they've given up 18 touchdowns to the position this season which is a ton.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a ton and the Eagles are going to need, I, even with all the, the passing yards, the giants give up. It doesn't seem like they give up a ton on the ground, yeah. maybe like a middle ground there. So Jeffrey's going to need to have a, a big game. My other good matchup is Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Titans. They are in Oakland. Surprisingly enough, he's on a roll. Uh, hasn't thrown an INT since week nine. The Titans are 5-1 and one since he became the full-time quarterback. When he has started, he has also thrown at least two touchdowns every week, except for one. He's actually playing super well. On top of all that, the Raiders have allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Every starting QB against Oakland has at least 14 points, uh, except for Ryan Finley when he was starting for the Bengals when they played against Oakland. Uh, Recently, Sam Darnold got 34 points and Patrick Mahomes finished with 21 and a half in our league. There's really absolutely nothing pointing toward Tannehill not having a big game tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I would definitely start him this week if you need a quarterback streamer. I think he's one of the best options out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My first bad matchup, I listed here Coleman and Breda at New Orleans, but I should have just listed all 49ers running backs because there's like 20 of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has to do with the matchup, but also the fact that, like I said, the 49er running back um, that's going to have a good game each week is anyone's guess. Last week it was Raheem Mostert. This week, it could be Brita, it could be Coleman, it could be Mostert, or even Jeff Wilson, or none of them. Yeah. The New Orleans defense ranks third against the run, allowing on average only 88 rushing yards a game. Christian McCaffrey is the only running back to achieve more than 15 half PPR points against them. Um, While San Francisco does love to run the ball with so many mouths to feed and the stout defense of the Saints, if I had a playoff life. Life to risk. I would not risk it on any of them.
0: No, I I wouldn't either. That's a good call. Uh, my first bad matchup is Marlon Mack. He, as we talked about earlier, is back this week for the Colts against Tampa Bay. It's just in time, pretty much, for him to face one of the toughest defenses in football. At least on the ground, the Bucks have allowed the second fewest amount of fantasy points to, to RBs all season. They're stout against the run. It kind of seems like most teams just prefer to pass because they get passed on absolutely seems like every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pass defense is is leaky. Uh, I'd expect a solid 10 points from Mac. Do you think he's going to catch, you know, a few passes perhaps as well? But I would not plug him in thinking that he's necessarily going to win you the week. Uh, I would Mm -hmm. expect a very moderate output from Mac this week.
1: Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, my next guy, that I, the matchup I do not like this week, is Josh Allen versus Baltimore. He has been solid this season, but Baltimore's defense has allowed less than 200 passing yards in each of the last four games. They're giving up the fourth-fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Uh, they have only given up three 300-yard games, and Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback to finish with more than one touchdown against them this season. There are definitely better options at quarterback out there this week.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right about that. I kind of hope that Josh Allen does have a good game, though, because I really want the Bills to make the postseason. At the same mm-hmm. time, Baltimore seems like the, is the only team that can steal the one seed from New England. Uh, yeah. I know it just sounds like I'm constantly hating on New England. It's because I am. <laughs> and it's just... I do want – I just – I want Baltimore to win simply because I want them to have the one seed, but if Buffalo won again, I would not be disappointed. It just seems like they need every win they can get to get in the postseason, and I would like to see that happen. Um, Yeah, me too. My first bad matchup is – or second bad matchup is Kenyon Drake, the RB for Arizona against Pittsburgh. Drake, somehow or another, even though David Johnson is supposedly healthy – Drake is the clear-cut starter now in Arizona, but he hasn't had much uh, going on since playing against the 49ers in Week 9. The Steelers are really tough against the run, which, of course, makes it even more difficult for a struggling offense to find a rhythm. No RB against the Steelers has more than 56 yards receiving, and they haven't allowed a 100-yard guy on the ground all season. So, to me, this is a situation to avoid... Pittsburgh, you know, still going for a playoff spot. Arizona very much out of it. They're struggling, and they won't be able to run the ball. I would sit Kenyon Drake for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there in Arizona with David Johnson and all that. I don't know how Kenyon Drake has ended up being the starter. But I saw something on Twitter that said there's a Kenyon Drake curse because when he was with Miami, they did not win a game when he was playing with Miami. And since he's come to Arizona, they also have not won a game since then so Kenyon drake has won no games this year
0: <laughs> that's pretty crazy i did not know that he so he's still zero. So i guess he's zero for 12 yeah this season and all yeah. of his games yeah oh my god i
1: know it's terrible i've Cut him one. immediately
0: cut him immediately <laughs> cut him and, and put david johnson back in the lineup and let david johnson you know get some fantasy points for all the people who drafted him in the first round that's yeah. really what we need
1: <laughs> yeah it's <is. laughs> Uh, so to recap the matchups that we highlighted for our good matchups, we have Philip Lindsey, Alshon Jeffrey, James Washington, and Ryan Tannehill. And for the bad matchups, we have all the 49ers running backs, Josh Allen, Marlon Mack, and Kenyon Drake. And some other matchups we like this week, The um, if you need help, uh, we like Sam Darnold versus Miami, James White versus Kansas City, Kareem Hunt versus Cincinnati, and Calvin Ridley versus Carolina.
0: And then some guys that we don't like. We have Devin Singletary against Baltimore, Jacob Hollister against the Los Angeles Rams, Mark Andrews at Buffalo, Keenan Allen at Jacksonville, and then Tyreek Hill at New England, which is a perfect way for us to segue into our game of the week, Chiefs at Patriots. And I I would like for you to go first. I'm just, I'm curious what you think, <laughs> and I'm curious who you think is going to win. It's like Tyree Kill on on paper, it is a bad matchup, but he's had success against the Patriots a couple times the last few years, but then he also had a game like last year, the uh, postseason game, where I believe he only had one or two catches. So it's just, it's tough to see what Bill Belichick is going to try to take away.
1: Yeah. Um. So... For this game, it is a rematch of last season's AFC Championship game. We're getting down to the wire as far as the NFL season is concerned. The Patriots offense has struggled this season, but Tom Brady is not one to fold or panic under pressure, as we know. even love him or hate him. He still gets the job done most of the time. Um, Absolutely. His receiving core is finally getting healthy. The Chiefs' defense ranks 25th overall, giving up an average of 372 yards a game. That's compared to New England's defense, which ranks second overall, giving up an average of 258 yards per game. The Chiefs are a little better in the secondary than against the run, but even the secondary is pretty average. New England is top five against the pass and the rush. However, I do think the Patriots are going to have some problems. Facing Kansas City's top five offense this week, especially with a couple of guys in their secondary banged up. They have Patrick Chung and Jason McCordy, both listed as questionable, and McCordy missed last week. Um, the Chiefs had difficulty running the ball this season, which I feel like any team who can't run the ball is going to have a hard time winning a Super Bowl. But they do have so many receiving weapons with Travis Kelsey and, as we said, Tyreek Hill at the top of that list, not to mention Patrick Mahomes, we all know, as an incredible quarterback. I think mm-hmm. that Tyreek Hill's going to be okay. I think they're probably going to put Stefan Gilmore on Travis Kelsey, and that leaves Tyreek Hill. Interesting. Yeah. I, th- I mean, Travis Kelsey leads the AFC in receiving, which is amazing because he's a tight end, but... um i think they they may do that they may end up putting him on tyreek hill but either way whichever one he covers the other one is probably gonna have a pretty good game um
0: true
1: i like Sonny michelle i like james white i like julian edelman and i actually kind of like tyreek hill and travis kelsey both in this game i don't know that i'd trust any of the chiefs running backs like we said um both teams have had their struggles, but I do think when it really counts, Brady Brady gets the job done. And I think New England takes this in a close one.
0: Unfortunately, I'm with you there. <laughs> I, I do think New England takes it in a close one as well, especially in New England. Yeah. Uh, You know, seems like the last few seasons, no matter if they do have an issue come up, it's never while they're at home just seems like they really do consistently win at home. The Patriots do yeah. talked about how Brady has struggled to find a rhythm with his receivers of, of late, but Kansas city, you know, you just said you you liked the uh, Patriots RBs in this game, Kansas city still can't stop the run. Uh, that's how the Patriots beat them in the AFC championship game. That's how I assume they'll try to beat the chiefs. Once again, Casey has allowed the second most fantasy points to RBs this season. So, I expect them to play a ball control type game, try to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible, and basically just run mm-hmm. over Kansas City. We saw it a, f- a few weeks ago. Tennessee did it with Derrick Henry. I think New England yeah. is more than capable of doing that as well. On the flip side, how do the Chiefs attack the Patriots? Uh, New England's defense is seemingly stronger this season than it was last season, but last season, Kansas City scored 40 points in a regular season loss in New England. Then 31 points against the Patriots in the AFC title game loss, and they put up 42 points the season before to start out the year in that that first game of the season two seasons ago. Andy Reid definitely knows how to move the ball against Belichick. It does kind of seem like it takes a while, like they have to come out, see what Belichick is up to, and then try to you know move a uh, chess piece after that, and it does seem like maybe they only score seven points in the first half, something like that, but then they get it going in the third quarter and eventually somehow or another Kansas city is going to wind up with like that 30 to 35 points. We'll see if new England is able to match that. Yeah. It, their offense just doesn't seem to be that great right now, but like we talked about, they're able to run the ball and they should be able to run the ball against Kansas city. I think it'll be a great game. But I also am just not brave enough to choose Kansas City. I think New England's going to win. <laughs>
1: yeah, I definitely think. I don't think New England will have back-to-back losses. I think they'll just somehow find a way to pull out this win, uh, unfortunately. But, you know.
0: They, yeah, they seemingly do every week. They just find a way in every year. Yeah. So uh, m- moving on to our starting lineups for week 14. Last week of the regular season for us, I am projected 118 points at the moment. I still have Harrison Bucker as my kicker, the Ravens' defense, Lamar Jackson, and Mark Ingram in an RB spot. Mike Evans and Cooper Cup, my two receivers, both projected to have okay games against Seattle and Indianapolis. I've got Joe Mixon in the flex. Oh. I've got Odell on the bench. I'm gonna going to test it out. Uh, Not a tremendous matchup for Mixon against Cleveland, but we'll see how he does. Saquon Barkley is my other RB automatically. And then uh, Dolphins tied in. Mike Kosicki is going to be in there. I got rid of... I said earlier, I believe, that I got rid of Goddard. I actually got rid of Noah Fant, and I still have Goddard, but I've got him on the bench. Odell, Carlos Hyde, Golden Tate, and Matt Ryan on the bench. Just picked up John Ross as well. So hopefully this week I can kind of see if this lineup will work, see if it'll work for postseason time. And if not, then Mixon will be back to the bench, and we'll see how the matchups go the rest of the year. Maybe Carlos Hyde filling in maybe, in flex. Maybe. They're playing Tennessee and Tampa Bay, pretty tough run defenses there typically we'll find out for me
1: this week this will be my final starting lineup of the season probably i mean not probably it definitely will be but uh my quarterback i got brady in there nick Foles is not playing and i didn't feel the need to pick up another quarterback since i don't have uh (laughs) Any playoff hopes, do not be the person in your league who has no chance of making the playoffs and picking up a shit ton of people off of the waiver wire. Don't be that person. Um, Tom Brady, my quarterback, my wide receivers. I made a little change here. I put Tyler Lockett on the bench because I'm real disappointed in Tyler Lockett. (laughs) So I'm punishing him, putting him on my bench. Uh, I (laughs) got
0: I've done that a few times the, this season, a few times this season, you know, out of, out of spite, uh-huh. Mike Evans got moved down to the flex yeah. <laughs> and then Odell got set on the, on the bench. Just it's a, it's a punishment. You're putting them in timeout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it really hurts their feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My wide receivers, Chris Godwin. And I actually played Michael Gallup this week against Chicago, which on paper was not a good matchup. But he finished with uh, six receptions for 109 yards, so pretty solid game, 15 points. It's a better start to any week I've had over the last few weeks. My running backs, I still have Aaron Jones in there because I don't have much of a choice at this point. Dalvin Cook, um, obviously my tight end uh, situation has been bad as well this year. I have Jacob Hollister in my starting tight end. I do have David Njoku, but I'm not going to put him into the lineup because I have no idea what capacity he's going to play in. And then in my flex spot, I have Benny Snell, James Connor on the bench. I put DJ Chark on the bench as well because he's had a really shitty last couple of weeks. And then I still – I left Darius Geis on the bench too because I don't know if last week was just a fluke or if – I think he'll probably get 10 to 15 touches in the game, but – you know, he's splitting carries with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So, uh, my kicker, Zane Gonzalez. I didn't pick up a new kicker. The matchup is not good, but you know, it is what it is. And then I stuck with New York against Miami this week for my defense. The New York Gi- or Jets, not the Giants.
0: Well, it's been a great season so far. I know. Uh, I know you're disappointed with how last <laughs> week went. But I, I hope to see you go out on a winning note before postseason time. Uh who is your matchup against?
1: Um, I'm playing Bethany this week. Cuckoo for Juju.
0: Oh uh, okay. I was gonna say if you're playing another playoff team, maybe you can knock somebody down or knock somebody out of the of the postseason race.
1: That would have been nice, but I think my chances are pretty good against Bethany. We'll see. She already had a few players, Derek Prescott and Mark Cooper and uh, David Montgomery played already. And David Montgomery actually okay, exited right. that game with an injury. So that's something to keep an eye on for next week. Yeah. Well,
0: anyway, <laughs> good luck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hope you continue to win and I hope you win our league now. You have to, you got to win it for the podcast.
0: I'm going to do my best.
1: <laughs> well, that'll do it for today. We hope you like the show. If you do, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is where you can find our top waiver wire ads of the week. And you can ask us your lineup questions there as well. The best advice that I can give, I don't know if Elias agrees with this, but the best advice I can give heading into the playoffs is don't overthink it. Don't try to get cute with your lineups. Stick with what you know and what's been consistent for you.
0: Yeah, I I I think that too. You can't get too cute, even if you have Odell Beckham and you don't know if he's going to catch the ball <laughs> at all, which you know, you you would prefer in in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, definitely play the guys who who got you there for sure. Yeah.
1: Good luck in your first week of your playoffs. If that's if that's where you are this week, and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye.